0: Our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Now, let's join Billy Epperhart.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Epperhart. And uh, the purpose of this podcast is really to empower you with practical ways to make a kingdom impact and you know many people ask me and the question we have is that many Christians are told that they can prosper but they're not really told how to prosper. So one of the real emphasis that we have here at Wealth Builders is to teach you and this is kind of a theme we we do is teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. You know when I first built wealth I missed the The making the difference part, that the real purpose of us building wealth is so that we can make a difference. And so you'll learn in this podcast really how to combine your faith and your finances for a balanced and fruitful life personally, but also for making a difference for the kingdom of God, which is really what we're here for and what our purpose is. Now, just to give you some other tools and to encourage you, I want to remind you that you can go to our website, wealthbuilders.org. Wealthbuilders.org. Or if you're really wanting to take some courses, we have WBUniversity.online that you can go to. And we have, when we talk about how to make sense of making money for making a difference, we have courses on there about finding your purpose, courses on there about how to invest in real estate. We have courses in there on what we call investment mastery that teaches you things about paper assets like the stock market and bonds. And so, and then, of course, we have other practical things like dealing with change in your life and then a ton of teaching, of course, on finances and real estate. So wbuniversity.online. But today I want to talk to you. Uh, we're talking about the theme that comes out of my book. Uh, I have a book you can get it at Amazon.com or go to wealthbuilders.org. It's called Money Mastery. And the theme of that book is making sense of making money for making a difference. And so, in there, in chapter two, we talk about God's purpose for wealth. And so, today, we're going to talk about that in 15 or 20 minutes here. We're going to talk about God's purpose for wealth. And so, as we do that, as we talk about that, uh, we're going to start with a verse, Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse 18. And it says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. And so, as we talk about that, remember that as we talk about that God gives you the power to get wealth and God's purpose for wealth, understand that the background of the Bible was really written from an Eastern perspective or what I call an Eastern mindset. And the reason that I'm making that distinction is that it was written from an Eastern mindset, not from a Western mindset. Most of you that are listening to the podcast, not all of you, because we have people from Asia and actually China and uh, in India and Africa that listen to the podcast as well, so we want to welcome all of you, especially those of you listening. But when we talk about the cultural background of the Bible, it's really written from that Eastern mindset or what we call a Jewish perspective. In fact, the first five books of the Old Testament, which are which we call the Pentateuch, that's really the Jewish Bible. They call the Torah. So there is a mindset that the Jewish people, in a positive way, have about wealth and their perspective on building wealth and their perspective about how to use their wealth that most of the time is so different from what the Western mindset is. We have such a consumer mentality in the consumer, in the Western mindset. That's one of the differences. There's such a heavy consumer mentality. So today, what I want to talk about is the, is, from the Jewish perspective, talk about the five foundations of Jewish economic theory. So when we talk about God's purpose for wealth, those five foundations help us understand what God's perspective is, He wants our perspective to be. So foundation number one from Jewish economic theory is what is called the participation or that we participate in, with God in the creative process. The Jewish mindset, Jewish economic theory, the participation in the creative process. So the Bible is clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, it says we then as workers together with him, talking about God, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So really one translation says we are co-laborers together with God. And so that that gives us the idea that God, for example, God does his part but we have to do our part. And that's the place that many Christians have missed when it really comes even to them building their own personal wealth has been that God does his part, but they have to do their part. In other words, it's not going to fall on your head like ripe cherries off a tree. God's part is grace and our part is faith. And I like to you know, tell the story about the man who came along and, and he was admiring this garden that a caretaker had been caring for and had been grooming. And he said, the man said, who came along and was talking to the caretaker, he said, wow, look what a beautiful garden that God has built. And the caretaker said back to him, well, you should have seen the garden when God had it all by himself. In other words, there's a part God plays. He makes the plants grow, but it was the caretaker that was doing the weeding and doing the pruning. So the part is God has a part he plays. We have a part that we play. And I think about my grandmother's garden. I remember when I was a kid, five years old, uh, many years ago, and I remember she had this huge one-acre garden. And if any of you have ever gardened before, you know that a one-acre garden is a full-time job. But I remember the beginning of that garden where she would uh, actually bring in a man with a mule. He had a mule and he had a wooden plow, it had a metal blade on it, but it was a wooden plow, and he would stand on that plow. And every spring he would go through and do the rows for the garden and furrow it and till the soil, that kind of thing. And then my grandmother would go in there and plant. But during the summer, believe me, there was a lot of weeding process that had to go that had to happen. And then you should have seen the garden when it would grew over, uh, when for example, when the winter would come, because it was down. In a warm climate, it would just fill up with weeds and all kinds of things. And then that man with the wooden plow would come in every spring and turn that soil over. The point is, we have a part we play, and God's part, of course, is the part He plays. And so our role here is to really, you know, Jesus said, Matthew chapter six, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth, even as it is in heaven. So a part of what we are to do is to see God's kingdom expressed in the earth. And that's even when we talk about Jewish economic theory is to see God's purpose expressed in the earth. So there is a participation that we have in the creative process where God does his part and we do our part. And so many Christians today fail to understand the part that they have to play, which we're going to teach you uh, in this podcast specifically what those things are that you need to do. Foundation number two in Jewish economic theory is what is called the protection of private property. And one of the things that the Bible teaches is ownership really gives us the opportunity to become a steward. One way to say it is we don't really own it. God does. We partner with God and we're stewards. But In many other countries, and even some of you that are listening, they can't own private property. Now, that's changing in many of the developing nations, uh, and and we praise the Lord for that. But one of the things that has to happen is that you have to understand that ownership and then the protection of private property is such a key thing. And matter of fact, developing nations, not only do they not own private property, many of them in impoverished developing nations don't even have personal addresses. We, in the Western world, we would think that is so strange that, you know, we get mail or we get packages shipped because we actually have an address. But in many developing nations, there, there is no address, right? There's no addresses. And in addition to that, in many developing nations, you can't even own title to property, and, you know, they have, for example, when I go to Africa a lot, which I know, and I welcome those that are listening from Africa to this. But in Africa, you, you have what's called freehold land. That's land you can own. But then you have tribal land. And then you also have what's called leasehold land. And so many, for example, in America, we may have some, some leasehold land. But most of it is private property that you can own, you can purchase, you can have. And other Western nations, that's true as well. So the part is this, as I want you to understand, is that the protection of private property is a Jewish economic theory that is really important. And one of the things you have to understand, you go back even into the the beginning of the Old Testament, you go back, God always had a land for his people. And of course, we know that as the promised land, but God gave his people land. And even if you go back to the book of Genesis and you look at Abraham, who left, right, and who left the Ur of the Chaldees and actually went out searching for a city whose builder and maker was God. Anytime God gave people a promise, that promise was always connected, primarily connected to the land that he was going to put them in. And so the point of this is, His protection of private property. And that land could represent not only physical land, which it certainly does that, but it could represent for you business, real estate that you own, a business that you own. And so the point is God blesses you in the land that he brings you into. And then foundation number three, literally, uh, we we call that the accumulation of wealth as a virtue. That's the foundation number three of Jewish economic theory is the accumulation of wealth. The Jewish people see that as a virtue. In other words, wealth is a good thing, not a bad thing. And so for us to understand that, there's things that we have to realize that uh, when God says that he gives us the power to create wealth or the power to be able to move forward in the wealth process, that piece is huge in our mindset. And so that's something that you have to know because in, in Christendom, going way back, if, if you think about St. Francis, for example, that poverty was a virtue. But really, the Jewish mindset, they see the accumulation of wealth, and that's a key word, that wealth, it, they see that as a virtue. Foundation number four is what we call caring for the needy. Now, one of the things, I'll just give a kind of a warning here. I'm going to share with you the positive side. Is one of the things that I see happening many times in developing countries. Because remember, I haven't told you this, but remember, we have a ministry investment arm called Tricor Global. And Tricor Global actually does microfinance loans. I'll explain that to you later uh, in another podcast, but we do microfinance loans overseas. And one of the reasons is people haven't realized this, but aid can actually, meaning when we give people money, it can actually create a welfare mindset. In fact, I see some countries where America, missions, money, Australia, UK, the Netherlands, and many of the Scandinavian countries, just Western nations, missions, money actually becomes, can become, a, and develop a welfare mentality. So you have to be kind of wise and smart. And honestly, there are some developing countries, because I've been in them that actually, a large part of their economy, the economy of that nation, is built on what we call NGO money or non governmental organizations. Those are typically ones that provide aid. And believe me, I believe in emergency aid. I believe when there's famine, there's war, you know, there's devastation, we should always give and aid. But what's happened is sometimes that's gone too far. And people, listen, people, I've learned this, people in developing countries aren't interested in just a handout. What they really want is a hand up. They're not just interested in us giving them a fish. They want somebody to teach them how to fish. And that's what Tricor does. We offer training and coaching and mentoring to be able to encourage them that they can do it. And I promise you, there are recipients that walk away every time and They're excited. It helps their self-esteem that they think, hey, I paid my loan back. I'm actually worth something. You'd be amazed at the difference that makes sometimes in people's lives. And of course, remember, we're not doing it to make money. We don't make money with it. What we're doing it is to create and empower people to be able to build wealth and come out of poverty on their own. And so You know, Jesus was clear when it comes to aid that the poor you're always going to have with you. He said that in Mark 14, verse 7. So there's always a time and a place to give and to help. But there's also the time and place to bring people up in their mindset where they become, for example, they get empowered. And I love to tell the story about a man who we did a loan to who first, uh, for example, he had a, he was repairing used bicycles. And I remember he came and got a $300 loan and then about, oh, I don't know, it was four or five months later, he paid the loan back four months, three or four months. He came back and asked, that was a $300 loan and he, he opened that repair shop. He bought some tools and then he asked for a $1,000 loan and he took that $1,000 loan and ask, actually opened a, a used furniture store where he sold used furniture and he just needed to buy a few pieces. And so he took that, sold those, and he grew, paid that loan back. He came back for a $10,000 loan. And the $10,000 loan was that he wanted to open a new furniture store. So he had to buy new furniture. He opened that store, paid that loan back. Believe it or not, he paid that loan back in a short period of time. And he came back about a year later for a $50,000 U.S. loan. Now, that, that's a lot. Remember, he started at three hundred, And he came back. It's amazing how he's grown. And he came back, and the purpose of it, he wanted to open a grocery store and he wanted to have a gas station in the front. Uh, I've been over there, we have pictures of it, it's incredible to see. And he wanted it because most gas stations, or what they call petro stations over there, don't really want uh, to. The, there's these small motorcycles called Boda botas and they don't like the Boda Bodas coming. He built his strictly for Boda Bodas, where Boda botas could come and refuel his business grew and expanded he paid the $50,000 loan back it's amazing then he came back for a much larger loan and the purpose of that was that he wanted to open a Costco type warehouse for the purpose of actually uh, sup- make, giving supplies to entrepreneurs that are up and down in the well, they have these markets you know that are at these main intersections And people were overcharging the entrepreneurs and the vendors that were in there for their goods. And so he was supplying it to them at a cheaper rate. And he literally opened an African Costco. So the point is, that's what we're talking about, empowering people. So you have to have the right mindset when we talk about Jewish economic theory. Now, the last one, foundation number five, is what we call limited government. And government, remember, is here to serve, not dominate. And one of the things that we're facing in some Western nations is the continual drift towards socialism and in some limited cases to communism. But you got to remember that part of a biblical worldview when we talk about limited government is that people are empowered as entrepreneurs, what we call free enterprise, right? And so capitalism, that people are, and remember that government is here to serve. And a matter of fact, one of the things that we see with the, with the Israelites was you remember God. the Israelites pushed God to give them government and, and to give them a king that wasn't God's best for them. And so uh, now, obviously, we need government. Romans 13 tells us the importance of that. But we need government that is here to serve the people and very candidly to serve God, not to serve itself. And then the tax structure, of course, many young people listening to this podcast don't understand how much money they actually pay in taxes. But do you realize that by the time you take payroll taxes and sales tax and, of course, other types of taxes that happen in Western nations, including the United States, that in many cases, people are paying over 50 percent of their income just in taxes. So that's amazing. And so the whole idea is you don't, we don't want to have a government that heavily taxes its people. We want a government where there's freedom to live and engage in free enterprise. And so as we're talking about this subject, about God's purpose for wealth, remember the Lord your God for it's he that gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. And so this is something that is real important when we're talking about these five, uh, what I call the five foundations uh, of Jewish economic theory to understand. uh, And the good news is in most Western nations, as far as the government, we're close to functioning in a way that would be God honoring. But then the people inside of the nation, the government have to have their thinking in line with these Five foundations, so they themselves are able to build wealth. And so, hey, this is Billy Epperhart. Now, remember to go back to wealthbuilders.org. Hey, I forgot to mention—I think I did—that we have free blogs on there, so you can go. We have a debt calculator on there. We have a real estate investment calculator that's on the wealthbuilders.org site that you can use. And by the way, as I'm recording this. Uh, Just to, uh, we're actually upgrading the wealth, the debt free calculator currently as I'm recording this. But by the time you go on there, it's probably already on there and and, uh, the new one. And then also remember, we have a real estate investment calculator. Then there's a ton of free resources that are on there. I mean, there are blogs that go back, I think, five or six, seven years. There's a lot of information on building wealth, a lot of information on how to do it God's way. So I want to encourage you to go, and then we're going to come back and pick up in our next podcast on this idea about God's purpose for wealth. So we'll see you back here, right here on the podcast. This is Billy Epperhart. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exists to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. The Wealth Builders podcast is produced by Celine Williams, with music by Audio Jungle, and narration by Greg Hunter. Wealth Builders is a non-profit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.